Hi guys, happy Thursday. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hello, hello, hello. Guys, it's just me today. Really, the main reason it's me today is I didn't want to bring anyone in on this sort of Debbie Downer conversation that I feel like we all need to have. And it's not a Debbie Downer. Obviously, I want to have fun and we look at the light things of the world as much as we can. But this has been a bit of a week. So I just wanted to give my thoughts. We'll have a guest next week and then a little bit of housekeeping. I'm actually taking two weeks off. So you guys are just going to have to go back into the archives and listen to some of the old pods when you miss me. I encourage you to do so. I don't know how Michael Barbero did it for as many years as he did, where he did this shit every day. I can't even imagine, but I'm taking two weeks off, which is the end of August and then the Labor Day week mainly because I'm going to be traveling and it's the code conference, which will be so much fun. So if you guys are listening and you have not signed up for Kara Swisher's code conference, please do. It's the last one. This is an epic year. I'm very sad that this will be the last one, but it is, it's going to be a glorious couple days here in Beverly Hills. I do not get compensated by them. In fact, I just get abused generally by Kara. So I am just, I am saying this because I truly believe in my heart and soul. It is one of the most fun and informative and interesting conferences, despite the fact that I am a constant abuse victim of Kara. I don't mean literal abuse, but she is mean to me on text messages sometimes, but I love her. And I joke because we just really need to get Kara on here as a guest, I think. So if you guys want to see Kara Swisher as a guest, you should tweet at her and text her and do all of those fun things. But let's get into it. If you guys read this week's newsletter, first of all, thank you. If you haven't, it's also okay. I just want to bring you up to speed. I sort of just focused on one main story, which is sort of this theme that we're seeing come up more and more and more. And I try to understand where it comes from. And it's the theme of this sort of toxic masculinity that is taking more and more oxygen out of the room. And I don't mean bro culture, cause that's not being fair to bros. I mean, we've always had guys who, you know, chug beer and get all macho. And it's, it's, it's really not that it's this elevated thing. And it focus, the, the newsletter focuses on this character that has sort of, you know, uh, for better, for better, for worse, it's obviously worse, taken over a lot of the socials of late and has be- gone from somebody nobody really knew to being somebody everybody in a certain world, certainly online, has heard of. And it's this guy by the name of Andrew Tate. Theoretically, that's his name. I feel like it's a stage name. He's Romanian. He is a boxer, I think, or kickbox. I don't know if he's MMA or boxer, boxer, fighter of some kind. He came into a more celebrity stage years ago where he was one of the cast members of Big Brother in the UK and started to really make a name for himself there. And is just one of these people who wants to be famous. And he's one of these people that uses this clout sort of thing to his advantage. He 
claims to be the most famous person in the world. So it reminds me of this. If you remember Martin Shkreli, I think his name is. I never knew how to pronounce it, pronounce it Shkreli, whatnot. And he bought that Wu-Tang Clan album very famously and, and ended up in prison very famously for jacking up pharmaceutical prices that were life saving drugs. I think it was for people with diabetes. I may be wrong, but regardless, like it is just an unethical type of mentality. Um, and he was also very much like my bitches, these bitches. It's, it's this sort of this theme. And in fact, I also referenced in the newsletter, this uh, new movie that is on Netflix about the most hated guy on the internet, who is this guy who basically started revenge porn online. And it's this whole documentary about him, about the wake of tragedy he left as a result of thinking it was hilarious to get people to submit pictures or video generally of women, ex-girlfriends, ex-wives, whatnot, in compromising positions or whatever, sexual positions, whether they knew they were being filmed or not. Um, and sometimes even hacked into people's computers to get these naked photos or sexual photos or videos and destroyed these women and it really wasn't the FBI, which we'll get to. It wasn't the police. It really wasn't anybody that ultimately stopped him. It was a mom. And that's what it's going to take in these situations. Like, I don't really have faith in anyone other than like very passionate women out there who are going to get the job done, whether it's for Roe v. Wade, whether it's for stopping people from disseminating f uh, bad information or uh, private information online. In that particular case, this guy's argument, which we can also get to where I'm going with this today, footnote, Facebook, the company Meta. But what this guy who had this platform where he was destroying women, his response was, I'm just the fucking platform. Like I, I just take the information that is sent to me and we can't be regulated and told what's good and what's bad or what's right or what's wrong. And even though privately and well, not even privately, publicly, he was out there saying to his, his fans, which he had like, it was like a cult, um, like women are terrible. Like we, you just need to sleep with your bitches and their whores. And it's just this horrible, horrible culture. And people were obsessed with it, men and women, by the way. And so here we are now. You think this can exist. This happened 10 years ago. You think we've gotten better as a society. We have not. It's only gotten worse. There's this gentleman, <laughs> which I put in air quotes, named Andrew Tate, who is out there. He has a, you know, one of these pyramid schemed organizations where it's called like Hustlers University or something along those lines. I don't even want to give it credit where he is basically out there like a woman should be beaten, kicked and demeaned if she even talks to another guy. If your bitch looks at somebody else, she deserves to be hit. She deserves to be kicked. She deserves to be called every sort of name. Of course, he says, but if I want to talk to another bitch, he says, that's totally fine. He celebrates owning theoretically all of these cars, fancy cars and watches. And it's just this, it's the most horrible of horrible behaviors. And whether it's 
Elon Musk doing it on podcasts and guys saying they want to be the first to smash girls on Mars, whether it's Joe Rogan, whether it's, you know, these obscure YouTube people that are not obscure, but have quite big bases of young teen fans, but just aren't on your radar. It's, it's, it's a problem and it's growing. And, you know, some could say it's Trump and maybe it is, but what got us there, right? I mean, is this the, is this like just a long, long reaction to women's movements? Is this a long reaction to the Me Too stuff? I don't know, but it's definitely, it's upsetting. And I feel like if we have a responsibility to the world, it's to counter this. It's not to just ignore it and to like file it away in our brain. It's to say, this is not okay. These platforms should not allow them. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Meta, Instagram, whatever the fucking mafia is there. They shouldn't be allowed. They shouldn't allow this. It's just, I don't, you know, I understand we have freedoms, but when you're out there absolutely sort of getting people in a frenzy and, and giving them this sort of mantra of it's okay to hit women. It's okay to abuse women. It's okay to demean women. It's okay to go after, you know, people for disrespecting you. Then we have a responsibility as a culture to like saying, fuck no, this can't happen. And the same with anti-Semitism. It is so crazy how this is growing and growing and growing. And I don't know if media is just ignoring it, but I, I had no idea. I learned this yesterday that there is a bill in Ohio that is, is making the rounds. I, uh, to be fair, guys, I, I haven't even found out where it is in terms of the latest and greatest in terms of this, this voting on it. But the Republicans are trying to pass a bill in Ohio that would teach, let me put this very strongly in quotes, both sides of the Holocaust in schools in Ohio. Just let that like simmer for a second. What the fuck are both sides? Like now we're talking about this is Trump and saying like there are good people on both sides. No, they're not. No, 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 no. There is no both sides. There is the Holocaust. There is not both sides. There is the Holocaust. There is nothing more to talk about. And so the fact that you're hearing this and, you know, that's happening in Florida schools. I know personally from uh, my my people there that schools, public schools are being mandated not to teach children about the civil rights movement. They claim it's not age appropriate for 10 and 12 year olds to be taught about civil rights or the civil rights movement in this country. So this, I know I'm sort of all over the place, but it's all connected. Like we are in this moment that it just feels like what is happening is our government's letting us down. The private companies are letting us down. Money has taken over the brains of so many people. And as somebody who has immersed herself, my, you know, majority of my life now has been helping promote companies in technology, specifically in Silicon Valley, helping create a, a buzz around many of these founders, many of these companies. I feel that it's my responsibility now to call some of these people out. So the platforms, Andrew Tate is just one of a bajillion of these motherfuckers out there who is able to connect with an audience and able to make money off of these poor people sitting there and hanging on to every word. Is it Andrew Tate's fault? I'm, yeah, of course, I'm not 
saying he has no responsibility in this pop culture moment of things, but it's the fault of the platforms that are giving him this voice that are allowing this sort of thing. And the videos are there guys. They're on YouTube. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok. They are all there with him saying like, kill the bitches, beat her up. She deserves a bloody nose. I mean, it is it's outrageous. A man can only cheat if he loves someone else. If I have a woman who I truly love and I go out and fuck and I come back to her and I don't care about her and I only love my girl, that's not cheating. That's exercise. If she even talks to a dude, it's cheating. It's not just him. There's so many. He just has a very big platform. That's my rant about that. We obviously have other things that have happened this week, which I just touched on. And, you know, we really are Trump free here. I don't want to get into it. I think the memes are pretty funny if we want to try to find the humor in all of this with Trump's house, hotel, tax write-off, golden toilet Mar-a-Lago, which is disgusting, by the way, members club being raided by the feds. And, you know, the funniest thing is like, I think it's the Daily Show. We'll put a link in the show notes. The best thing yesterday was all of the people going crazy on Fox News. Um, But using the clips of them going crazy, like Janine Pirro and Tucker Carlson and all those Bill O'Reilly, but back during the Hillary Clinton email days, back when they were, the feds need to do something and they need an investigation and everything that they are going against right now, they said about Hillary, but then the Daily Show put the footage of the feds in Mar-a-Lago. It was hilarious. It's so funny. So it's the hypocrisy for me. I, I think that's really the theme besides the platforms needing to to own up to their to the th- shit that they're allowing to happen on their platforms. I think it's the hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy in our government. And I, both sides are guilty, guys. I am a Democrat through and through. I am on the side of rights for humanity and all of that stuff. But the Democrats have definitely been hypocritical in many ways as well. But in this particular case, the hypocrisy is so profound. When you have Kevin McCarthy threatening a standing attorney general. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy just made a statement online um, about the FBI search war- executing the search warrant at the former president's home. Um, he said when Republicans take back the House, they will conduct immediate oversight of this department. And then he says this, quote, Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. Effectively threatening Attorney General Garland Uh, in response to the FBI having executed the search warrant tonight. It's preposterous, yet these are the very same people that were like, lock her up. These are the same people. So I just, I don't understand. And maybe they do believe that like that most of us are dumb or we've just forget. We all have short memories or short attention spans, or we just don't follow through on things. You know, it's only a small portion of the really, really political that stay on it. So my point being on all of this, I'm just going to go back to what I said last week, John Stewart. I feel like he's the only savior here. John Stewart telling it like it is getting shit done, being completely and utterly brilliant and 
devoted and passionate and tireless on behalf of veterans that he has absolutely changed the course of their lives as a result. And he, you know, has to go after both sides and he has, but the Republicans have been worse on so many of these levels. So let's get to my final rant. And for anybody who follows me on Twitter or Instagram, this shouldn't come as a surprise. I, when the news broke that I keep calling it Facebook, I suppose it's the parent company Meta, that Meta handed over private messages between a 17-year-old and her mom, messages on Facebook, turned over because they were given a search warrant by the state of Nebraska, who's banned abortions and all of that fun stuff. And they turned over those messages. And the story came out, obviously it was leaked or, you know, the, the reporters got it before Meta had any chance to get ahead of it or just didn't think they needed to get ahead of it. There's lots of what ifs. I'm not going to say I know everything, you know, was this 17 year old had a late stage pregnancy and tried to buy, get a bought abortion pills to terminate a late stage pregnancy. There are lots of what ifs the warrant was probably a valid one, but if you watch law and order SVU as I have, and they're basically a lawyer, but you do understand that you can fight it. Like just because you're given a search warrant as a private company, there are ways they could, they could obviously have to go with it. I'm not saying they can evade the law, but they could have been outspoken. I understand they put a statement out today, which was literally unhinged, but their statement was that they were basically under a gag order. They weren't allowed to speak. These leaks come out every day. These people know what they're doing. There are ways to get ahead of it. What they could have done in, there's so many other avenues they could have taken. They could have had somebody leak it out and say, this is an outrage and put the spotlight on Nebraska. Again, we don't have all the information, but the way it was handled, the fact that it wasn't even from my understanding brought to the top. I don't even know if this got to Zuckerberg. This was handled by their legal people who were given a, a search warrant and then handed over these private messages. So first and foremost, do not have private conversations in any format around technology. I suppose they say signal is the best way to go encrypted and all that. But just if there is anything that you need to have a private conversation about that you don't want to see in the hands of government or in the front page of a newspaper, I suggest, I suggest going on walks and talking to people about it. But I am shocked at the handling of Meta by Meta on this yet again, unnecessary scandal. And I know a lot of people who are, have worked there, continue to work there. I love a lot of the people who have made quite a bit of money from there. I am obviously talking about hypocrisy on Facebook. I rarely use that platform, but I by all means use WhatsApp. I absolutely use Instagram. I am an Oculus user. I actually did go and look into getting rid of Facebook, like willing to walk away from it. And then they alert you that you will no longer have any access to Oculus because they are tethered. I was told today though, that that is changing. That was too much of a commercial roadblock for the company to make 
Oculus be attached to Facebook. So that's a good sign. But I will say it's like, we are so reliant. This company has become so reliant. It's like, if we do shut it off, we go into this black hole and we no longer have that connection to community, family, whatnot. So it's tough. It's a really hard thing. I, I'm not going around telling people delete Facebook. It's not even my answer. My answer is demand accountability and get these people, whether they are the top executives and board of Facebook, whether they're top executives and board of Twitter and of YouTube and Google, there has to be some something that makes these guys say, we are beholden to our users. We are going to put our users first, not our shareholders, not our pockets, but, and I'm not saying all of them are that way, but it certainly feels that way. So you're seeing a lot of news. You're seeing a lot of back and forth. I am sure we don't have all of the answers of, as to what happened. I'm not saying that this girl and her mother did not break the law. You know, I am not somebody that believes that a late stage abortion is the right answer, but the fact is it was all handled poorly. The information we were given was shocking and it just felt like there's a really funny meme where, wait, let me read it to you. Cause I, did put it on my Instagram. It won't be there tomorrow because it was on a story, but it says, <laughs> this guy tweeted in parentheses, Baron, not even looking up from his, his Xbox, safes in the back, dot, dot, dot. I just think it's really funny. These types of things that are popping up where we're hearing a, a funny take on a tragedy in our country. The tragedy being, you know, a president who has gotten a former president that has gotten to a point where the feds had to raid their home in order to the, what we understand, get documents back that he refused to hand over to get to that point. I, I it's just mental that we're here. And this is a man who people are celebrating that there's finally some theoretical consequences to his actions. On the other side, there are uh, as many people, if not more, celebrating his rebelliousness and urging him to run for president again, which he absolutely can if he is not convicted of a crime. And then we have Facebook who made some sort of shoddy statement today, meta, sorry, about the reasons why they gave over the information and were not allowed to speak about it, which just is like, you're the one of the most powerful companies in the world. This is not that you could do better. So I know this is a pop culture pod. I know that we're here to talk about all the different things happening, the fun dances on TikTok and the fun memes happening on Twitter. And that's still happening. And I know we all find humor to heal during these crazy times. So I encourage us to do so. But I just wanted to use this. Uh, I don't want to be preachy, but I just wanted to use this time and be able to use my voice. And like, I have regrets. I feel like I've been a part of the machine that's empowered some of these investors, some of these CEOs, some of, some of these companies to just say like, we don't give a fuck. Like, you know, you're, you're insignificant to us, but what's important to us is growth. What's important to us is the dollars to our investors. And what's important to us is world domination. And 
we have to fight, I think, as these private citizens, as this woman who is the star of this documentary uh, about revenge porn, this mom has shown us everybody has the power. Even if you're a housewife in the suburbs, you have the power. You have the power to make change and to bring real consequential action to the world. And I hope we all sort of get passionate about it. We can lend our voices. We can volunteer. We can take action. We can give money. There's so many different things. I know me, for me, as the great George Hahn says, I, you know, I'm thinking about all the different things that I can do. Certainly using my voice is one. Trying not to live in a hip, hypocrisy, which I know is hard when I bash Meta and Facebook and then post a self-absorbed selfie on Instagram. You know, we're complex beings, but I just hope that, you know, there's so many amazing things about the internet and technology and it's made the world so much bigger and smaller at the same time. And it has brought us so many beautiful things. And I just hope that that somehow prevails. I think that, you know, all good things should rise to the surface and all bad things should have their due. So that is it, my lovelies. I know this is you're, you're sitting in your car, you're walking your dog or in your rich mom walk and maybe not the typical pop culture thing. I'm looking at David, my producer, and I, I can't tell if he's like going to yell at me or if he's really excited for this or if he's just, oh, well, he's clapping. Okay. Okay. As George Hahn, a guest uh, I just referenced was on a few, few weeks ago said, everything is pop culture now, right? Pop culture is tied into everything from politics to government, to fashion, to sports, to media, to culture, to global politics. It all, it all is connected. And the internet had, had brings us so much information so quickly and it's, it can do our heads in. And so I'm just trying to just you know, carve out a little moment in time to think about it all and to say to you guys, like, we're all in this and let's, let's do something. Let's be better. Let's have fun. Let's bring the fun back to this dark, dark world we seemingly have found ourselves in. I know it's a little weird to do a merry make out mute when it's just me, but I have thoughts guys. And I know everybody's dying to hear about my, my sex life. So let me tell you, I would a hundred percent make out with, and this is not something I can ever say I would ever have said before, but the U S attorney general, Merrick Garland, I just want to make out with him because I like, I applaud his devotion to the law and knowing what the reaction would be. The fact that, you know, he's now got an X on him and like a little red dot that the Republicans are sort of, you know, targeting him guns ablazing. Literally they've threatened him. So I, I would a hundred percent make out with that weird little man, Merrick Garland. I would marry 1000%. Honestly, please marry me. John Stewart again, like understand you have a family, love it. Don't want to get in the way. Just, just feel like that would be my awesome dream husband scenario. And I think this one is obvious. I have a mute across the board. I have a mute of Andrew Tate and all of those type of guys. I have a mute of Meta 
and their unhinged statements. And I'd like to see that change because I think everybody can turn and do the right thing. So there you go. Okay, well, next week we'll have a fun guest and I am looking forward to getting back into the bubblegum and butterflies of silly memes and so forth. But until then, thank you for coming on this journey. Share the pod if you like. Give me feedback. You can reach out to me at, at Brooke on Twitter, which is the best way, or DM me or whatever you feel you want to use in terms of the technology to get in touch. Thanks, guys, and have a beautiful rest of your week. Pop culture.